Welcome to the Jet Life Podcast, pulling back the curtain on private aviation so you can live that jet life to the fullest. My name's Tom Lalio, and I'm your ultimate jet guide. Hello and welcome everybody to the Jet Life Podcast. Uh, today we are joined by Bakia Smith out of Jet Aviva. You've probably heard of them. If you've ever been on YouTube you've looking for a jet, you've definitely seen them all over the place. They're one of the premier brokerages in the world. But a little bit about Makia. She's from the East Texas oil field to the horse and cattle country of West Fort Worth. She was born and raised a Texan. So that's that's awesome. And uh, she's been a part of aviation for, for decades. You know, everything from float planes to working with single pistons at Van Bortel, one of the other great brokerages out uh, out west and you, she's worked in management at republic services and flew airplanes for fun but now she resides uh in weatherford texas with her barn full of horses an english bulldog and a chihuahua welcome to the podcast makia thank you thank you for having me well, hey, one of the other reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is Jetaviva had recently launched their market overviews or market reports. And, and for the viewers, if you haven't uh, checked out the Jetaviva market reports, they are fantastic. Uh, they go through all the makes and models or a bunch of makes and models from, from props to, to jet engines, uh, even the heavy jets as well. And it just gives you a great snapshot of where the market's currently at. So I wanted to bring Makia on to discuss uh, just you know two markets that she's kind of involved in, whether it's the, uh, the Meridians and the Pipers, uh, Citation Jets as well, CJs, CJ1s. But definitely check out Jetaviva. And I wanted to, right at the beginning, you know, let's talk a little bit about the importance of, of using a broker, working with brokers, how brokers kind of get paid, and how they work together. I think that's something that not a lot of people, you know, understand that typically when you're looking for a jet, you could hire a broker to work on your behalf as an acquisitions agent. Uh, but a lot of the times, the, the planes that you see listed by a broker, their commission's getting paid on the seller side. And so it kind of becomes confusing, you know, if, if, if someone's calling you, Makia, about, hey, I saw you have a CJ listed, you know, can you help me find another one? I, I think it's really important for people to understand that brokers, you know, we can work together and you want to work with a broker that, that, that plays well with others. And so maybe you just want to speak a little into how your experience has been working with other brokers and kind of how you see that from a, from a buyer's perspective. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely the lifeblood of brokerage organizations is to work with other brokers. Um, when you are um, out trying to purchase an airplane, um, when you, it may be a little bit different in the piston world, but as you move into turboprops and turbine aircraft, you usually are, have, when someone is buying an airplane, they're usually represented by someone. If they're selling an airplane, they're also represented by someone. And here at Jet Aviva, uh, we always think that if we work with other brokers, we're all in the same boat, we're rowing the same direction, we're going to get a lot more done, and we're going to help the clients uh, tenfold from just, you know, working alone or, or in another, another way. So I personally work with a lot of brokers. Uh, most of my transactions involve another broker on the other side. And, you know, once we start working with other uh, brokers such as us and um, other, other people, then we start uh, maintaining those relationships and developing those relationships. And, you know, next thing you know, I mean, they're calling us all the time, say, hey, you know, we work together. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think everyone at the end of the day has a common goal of, you know, taking care of their customer um, and feeding their families. So, I mean, that's essentially right. we, we do it all. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And, and so I will tell people, you know, as you're kind of looking for a plane to buy, you know, maybe you're going to controller, trade a plane, barnstormers, wherever you're going, and you're calling around at different brokers, and, and that's fine if you're just kind of calling for price or whatever. But when you start to get serious, like, okay, in the next you know, within the next three to six months, I'm going to buy a plane. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend that you reach out to a broker, maybe someone you spoke to while you were kind of doing your preliminary research, someone that resonated with you, someone that you felt like you can, you knew them, you liked them, you can trust them and, 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 and lock arms with them, make some kind of a commitment, whether it's an exclusive agreement, that's just a piece of paper that says you are exclusively representing me in the market and I'm expecting you to get paid on the seller side, which I've done, you know, or it's a exclusive listed agreement that you, you, you as the buyer are going to pay that agent for their services so that they don't have to worry about it on the seller side. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the best uh, the best solution that I recommend for people. So that way, you know, your best interests are taken care of. You're paying that person to put the best options in front of you and also providing for them, you know, to put food on the, on the table for their families as well. You know, I think especially in this market, it's exceptionally important to have a broker on your side um, because there's a lot of nuances in this market. Um, you know, the, the values are constantly fluctuating prices out there, or, you know, depending on what quarter of the year, is uh, mm. what things are selling for and you know there might be a really great deal that's off market that a broker knows about that you may that may not be on the market it may not be on controller or somewhere that's readily accessible and um, that's another benefit to having a broker Let, let's talk about the the pros and cons to to jets and props so normally if i wanted to if i wanted to tell somebody hey you need to buy a jet it's and you don't want a prop because i'm going to tell them you know you're going to get above the weather you're going to get there faster and at the end of the day you'd rather show up to your business meeting on a jet than uh, something with a bunch of spinny things that looks like it's out of an indiana jones movie <laughs> um you know on the flip side you know if you're looking kind of more for for, for maintenance or just you know almost reliability perspective like the props are are, are solid uh, your acquisition costs may be lower than a jet but not always as we'll you know kind, kind of discuss and of course you know no special typewritings type ratings uh, with the turboprops uh, you can kind of hop in you know as if you are a private pilot yourself you know kind of an owner operator it may be a lower barrier to entry to fly your own plane if you go the prop route um, what, what what's kind of your your highlights when it comes to turboprop versus a jet well I think when anyone's transitioning it out of a piston there are four major things that they really need to consider you got your budget your mission uh, the availability of the aircraft as well as training. Um, you've got to think, hey, you know, what am I willing to spend? You know, what's my budget? Am I going to have the turboprop budget? Can I go step into um, something with two engines and know that my maintenance budget is going to be slightly more as well as fuel? Um, what is my mission? Am I going to be flying regionally? Am I going to be in the middle of Texas and just flying around the state? Or am I going to be doing many cross-country trips? Am I going to go to Colorado a lot? I mean, am I going to go skiing and I want to land on short fields? I mean, there's a lot of different considerations to, you know, to think about, um, as well as availability. Uh, people don't really think about availability when they think, oh, I'm going to go buy an airplane. They just, mm. they're not really in tune with the market and what's been going on. Like, oh, well, I just go buy the airplane. Well, if they want to buy a brand new airplane, you have to take into consideration, you know, what the wait time is to buy a new airplane and, you know, what is the time frame that they're wanting to get this accomplished in. Not only that, you got to really consider training as well. So, you know, how many hours does you, you have as a piston pilot? Uh, what is your time in? 
are you coming out of a 182 and trying to get into a turboprop or do you have lots of retract or maybe multi-engine time in a twin piston or you know, such as a Baron or a 414? Um, and what are you coming out of? Because that's really, and what kind of ratings do you have already? So that's a mm -hmm. lot of what the insurance company is going to look at when it comes time to make that transition. Would you rather buy a $1.5 million jet or a $1.5 million piston? Well, I would say a $1.5 million turboprop is probably going to be your best bet um, if you're okay. making that. And the reason I say that is that, I mean, it's great to transition into that CJ, but again, this goes back to what your mission is and, you know, what you want to spend on your maintenance budget. Um, you know, are you okay with burning 40 gallons an hour or do you want to double that, you know? So, um, you know, it, it goes back to really what you're carrying because you can go buy a Piper Meridian, uh, something that has the gross weight increase, um, you know, decent avionics, probably the Garmin upgrades or Avidyne system in the lower ones. And, uh, but it, it's not going to be a true six place airplane. And so, mm. well, can I carry four people and some bags? Sure, absolutely. But that's something that you're going to need to consider. And, you know, what is it that you're doing? Right. Um, now if you want to go farther and, you know, you're carrying more people, you want the ramp appeal of two engines and, a, you know, a, a nice jet showing up on the ramp, um, you know, that's definitely an option. And there are a lot of my clients that come out of, a say, a twin piston, like, man, I just really... My dream has always been to fly a jet. Sure. So that's what we do. We do, you know, we deliver on dreams. So if that's uh, what they want, that's what we get. So, so at, at a, a $1.5 million budget, what kind of a, uh, what kind of a plane slash mission slash maintenance would somebody expect on the turboprop side versus what they would expect on, and you kind of alluded to this on the jet side. So like, for example, if I get a $1.5 million turboprop, is it going to be newer than my $1.5 million jet? Is it going to be have more performance than my $1.5 million jet or a better maintenance profile than my $1.5 million jet? Can, can you speak to that? Well, it is going to be newer. Um, you can say that it will be newer because uh, most of the jets are going to be in the mid to higher ones are going to be straight CJs or CJ1s, which were mostly in production in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and a lot of the CJs and CJ1s have also had upgrades. So they've had the 750s and that's what Garmin upgrades. And I know that some of the straight CJs have G1000 platforms now. But, um, you know, you've got those, but you're going to be paying for those as well. So you're not going to find a jet with that sort of avionics in that mid-ones range. Mm -hmm. So if you still want, um, you know, your Avidyne system or maybe something with a Garmin upgrade, um, you know, and stay in that low-ones range, you can get a little bit newer Piper Meridian. Um, now you're going to you know, you're going to, it's the performance is nowhere near, you know, that. And what I usually tell my clients is if your budget's less than 2 million and you want a turboprop, but you can, I mean, it's, it's close to 2 million, you know, go for the TBM 700 C2. And you alluded to it, the performance of the jet is going to, the jet's going to outperform the turboprop at that 1.5. It will. Um, yeah. it will outperform. But, but it's a trade-off. Yeah, and it's a trade-off. It's like, well, it'll outperform it, but, you know, where are you going and how much you want to spend and, you know, how many people do you want to carry? So, I mean, you mm -hmm. will be paying for that extra, you know, <laughs> you get there 20, 25 minutes sooner, you know, it, it is a considerable difference. So Right, and that's what I like about the conversations is that you see yeah. us and hopefully people are seeing us like, like it's not 
if you go into the, let's just say, if you go into Reddit, if you go into the Facebook groups and you say, hey, what jet should I buy or Jeff or Sarah Butler, you're going to get a lot <laughs> of, of opinions and stuff. There's, uh, there's a ton of opinions out there. And, you know. Especially in a pilot's forum. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I like to come at it from the broker's perspective where we can kind of discuss it from like almost a third party. But like, well, it depends. Like, yeah, like you can get better performance, but it's going to cost you age. It's going to be older and it's going to cost you in, in main, or operating costs because it's going to be more expensive to operate. Um, and then, like you said, uh, uh, you, you keep alluding to is the, the useful load. You know, people, a lot of times they see a jet. It's got, you know, six seats in the back. Great. I can fill it up fill it up with six seats. I can fill it up with full luggage. I can fill it up with full fuel and off I go. It's like, no, <laughs> that aircraft will not leave the runway. <laughs> so, you know, people don't, don't take that into account. And, and you're starting to see us kind of wrestle with, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? And these are the conversations that we as brokers have uh, with our clients to make sure we're fulfilling on what their dreams really are and what is, 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 is attainable for them. Am I accurate in saying that a jet's performance in terms of speed, uh, flight levels, um, I guess just kind of that performance piece, like they're going to, typically they will outperform uh, a turboprop. Typically they will. Um, now when you start looking at a TBM, um, sure. TBM 900, 850s, I mean, your cruise speeds are up there very near what a light jet would do. Um, but you know, also the TBM 850 is averaging, so you get a G1000 is averaging around, you know, 2.5 or a little bit more depending on the condition of the aircraft and the total time. Sure. Uh, and, the jets are kind of shining in like that performance category, but like yeah. we said, it's going to cost a lot more. Where do the turboprops kind of shine? So the turboprops shine in utility and, you know, short field performance and that sort of thing. You know, um, I would say with the TBMs, I have some clients that love to go skiing and mm. they were considering, hey, I want to go. And they had some remote towns in Idaho that they wanted to go fly into that were accessible are uh, very closely accessible with an airport that was a you know shorter field or shorter than it, it would be safe to land a, a CJ or anything else mm -hmm. like a larger jet. And again, it comes back to knowing your mission, right? Knowing what your what your knowing what your mission is eighty percent of the time. You know, I would say because there's well, no the old, perfect plan. Yeah, the old eighty twenty rule. You know, it's what is your mission eighty percent of the time? Because you know, if if you want to fly regional eighty percent of the time. But then you want to go cross country once a year, you're better off just hopping on an airline, you know, that one time a year and then buying the airplane that's going to suit your mission 80% of the time. Let's maybe dive into just a quick overview. You know, here we are. Uh, it's probably going to we're, we're, we're going to be finishing up Q1 uh, of 2023. What what does the what is the overall aircraft market look like? What have you seen last year when we had our peak? rolling into January, it seems to be a little bit slower, just kind of in general, where, what's kind of the market overview that you're seeing? Well, as we got, if we came into 2023, I've seen inventory levels return to a more healthy number. Um, I think the demand is still there. The prices have stabilized. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot of people exit the market because of, since coming in the market due to COVID and that sort of thing. So I think the demand is still there, but the prices are stabilizing. The buyers are actually taking a step back and doing their due diligence and doing the pre-buys and that sort of thing and slowing down the process. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it's before they were excited just to have an airplane on the market and they were just buying whatever they could get a hold of, 
uh, in a very short period of time without not necessarily getting what they want and not necessarily doing all of their due diligence. Now you kind of specialize in uh, in in the pipers, the PA forty sixes, and in the citations, the CJs. Uh, tell us what you're seeing in those markets. So in the uh, Piper Meridian markets, we've seen a lot of the very the inventory is very healthy uh, right now. I believe there's thirty three for sale, and that's six point one percent of the operable fleet. Um, and the and, CJ- and you're kind of looking for that ten to twelve percent range is is like normal. You know, I think around 8% is typically a very healthy level. Um, so it's returning as well. Um, the straight CJs, they're currently 28 for sale, so that's 8.4% of the operable fleet. Uh, the CJ1s, there's 6 for sale, so that's about 3.1% of the op- operable mm. fleet. Uh, and the one pluses, we've seen uh, quite a few of these come on the market lately, which they're 10 for sale, and that's 10% of the operable oh, fleet. Wow. So there are only 101 um, of those uh, in operation. So. And what are you seeing in terms of prices? I know you're, they're stabilizing. I know a lot of people, uh, probably Q4 and January, they're like, oh, this whole thing is going to crash. Uh, what have you seen? Uh, I know we were talking before we, <laughs> you know, we were talking about the CJs. I remember CJs sub a million dollars. Apparently, that's no longer the case. What are you seeing in terms of pricing? Well, CJs that are average equipped, average time, enrolled on an engine program, uh, no damage or weird stories um, are going somewhere in the the mid Mm -hmm. to upper ones. Now, if there are any upgrades to that CJ, say a G1000, there's a few out there that have the G1000 upgrades, you're going to see closer to, you know, in the twos and north of two for one of those, as well as one that has like Tamarack winglets, or um, dual 750s, they still have the Honeywell system in there. Um, you're going to be probably closer to that two mark for those. Wow. So um, a nice airplane is still bringing the money, um, but an average airplane is kind of stabilizing. So um, gone are the days that someone had a damaged airplane um, with high time and it would fly off the shelf. So. Uh, we've seen those sit sit around a little bit longer, um, mm-hmm. and but the the nice airplanes are still moving. It's been interesting to kind of see what is on the market and this concept of and and, and any market, whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market, this concept of a seller's valuation of his or her own jet versus what the market's going to pay for it, and I think. Prior to COVID, we were kind of in an understanding like, okay, it's a depreciating asset. It's not going to be worth more than, you know, what you paid for it. And, yeah, you put in upgrades, but, you know, or, yes, you did the fa- the maintenance on it. Congratulations. Like, you did what you're supposed to. That's not increasing the value. Then we got the last two years, which completely blew that out of the water. And now we have to, like, retrain sellers to, to, to go back to, like, okay, it's a depreciating asset. It's not going to be worth I mean, they still have a shot, like, if they bought it, you know, 2018, yeah. 2019, 2020, there's still a shot they could get out, you know, break even or maybe make some. But uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be an interesting re-education to sellers over the next few years. One of the things that I really kind of like about uh, the market that it's or worth the market is shifting towards is uh, it's a little bit more fair between buyer and seller now. Right. And I think, again, it kind of comes down to how you're pricing it appropriately. Being a good broker is more than just throwing it up on online and your ability to do that, but it's finding the right buyer for that plane. Because there's only one buyer 
for your jet, right? It's not like your jet is the same as the entire fleet. Your jet is unique, and it has a story behind it, and it has its idio- its own idiosyncrasies. And so it's ma- you're playing a matchmaker between a, a, an asset and a very specific you know buyer that it's going to work for. So um, yes, yeah, sometimes you just sit there because you're finding that right buyer. And at Jet Aviva, you know, one of the things that I I try to do as a broker as well is to, you know, give accurate valuations and, you know, give true comps on their airplane. And that way we say, hey, you know, this is what we're expecting. And, you know, I, I, I mean, this is, there's people that would say maybe more, people that may say maybe less, but, you know, this is where the market's trending and this is where I feel like it's going to move in a reasonable time frame. That's fantastic. Well, Makia, is there anything else that you want to kind of share with us about uh, yourself, about Chetaviva, about the market, uh, any other knowledge nuggets that you want to uh, promote or, you know, tell me? Well, we're happy to share our latest and greatest mar- market report, complimentary. I feel like at Chetaviva here, one of the, the neat things that, or a neat structure things that we have going on is we have multiple sales directors and we all specialize in our markets. So, you know, if someone calls me about an M2, I send to our uh, M2 specialist, which is Jade Hofeld. So, you know, there's mm. or, you know, another market like there's we've got specialists in every corner of the market. So gotcha. um, that's that's the greatest thing. And, it, and I think that that helps our clients because I live in the, the CJ space and CJ, the one one plus and the meridians and they live in their space. And, you know, to have someone who does it day in and day out and is that close to it is uh, invaluable. Yeah, for sure. You find a lot of brokers that are like, oh, I'll find you anything or I sell everything. It's like, well, you can be, you know, a jack of all trades and a master of none. And I know there's more to that that quote than than just that, but you really do see it. And you want to ask a broker, what is your what is your pedigree? You know, because we don't have any licenses or certifications, you know, to become brokers. We just kind of, you know, have our chops and, and our sales records to fall back on. And fortunately for you at Jetaviva, I mean, obviously you have the whole brand to kind of fall back on, but we're here for a reason. So I appreciate you kind of, you know, pointing that out and, and, and showing what's great about what your specific agency is doing. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Tom, for having me and um, love the conversation. Always love talking airplanes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We'll have to have you on again for another market update. And you guys can also go to jetaviva.com for, for that market update. And we'll uh, you know put the contact information for Makia in the description below. And uh, thanks a lot. We'll, we'll, we'll catch you later. Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out the ultimate jet guide.com.